Welcome to Day 95 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Cindy Kemp. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we brought uh, the Apostle Paul through a harrowing 14 days on the open sea uh, in a violent storm with neither sun or stars to guide the ship. They have no idea where they are. They've seen a distant sandy shore, and so they make for the shore. The ship breaks up, and people are floating in on pieces of the ship as they come in. And uh, when they arrive ashore, they find out that they're amazingly on course. Uh, it's not exactly how they would have uh, gotten there, but they are on their way, well on their way to Rome when they landed Malta. So it would have been one of the ports that they might have passed by in their regular adventure, which went way far south uh, as the winds you know, drove them. Uh, but we not only you know come safely on shore, but we come sadly to the end of our adventure through the gospel mm-hmm. of acts we've read luke and acts together both volumes written by luke wonderful story it takes us all the way from the announcement of john the Baptist's birth to paul's arrival in rome you know with the gospel you know a period you know of about 60 years and it seems like it's happened in well 95 days for us yeah we read through <laughs> piece by piece so as we bring uh, our journey through uh, Luke's writings, Luke and Acts, you know, to a close today, let's uh, offer ourselves and uh, this moment to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the good gift you've given us in your word. We thank you that you've not only given us a wonderful story that inspires us as we read it and draws us into uh, the events and has us on the edge of our seats at times. We thank you, you've invited us into the story. But in the same way, The gospel has redeemed those who we see in the book of Acts. It has redeemed us in the same way it calls us, called them to mission. It calls us to mission, to live for you in the same way that your hand gently guides them through the hardships and the tragedies of life. You you guide us. We thank you for your invitation, and we pray, Father, that as we read, that we would fall more deeply in love with you and have a desire to know you more, to be transformed by your spirit and the image of your son and to follow you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. So some very wet people <clears throat> drag themselves on shore. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 28, verse 1. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must have been a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. People expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with a figurehead of the twin gods, Castor and Pollux. We put in at Syracuse and stayed there three days. From there, we set sail and arrived at Regium. 
The next day, the south wind came up, and on the following day, we reached Patoli. There we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming, and they traveled as far as the Forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I've done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. certainly did not intend to bring any charges against my own people. For this reason, I've asked to see you and to talk with you. It was because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, We've not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of our people who have come from there have reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear about your view, what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said, through the Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their eyes, and they have clo- hardly hear with their ears, rather, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So there is the story beginning in Jerusalem, going to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Of course, Rome is not quite the ends of the earth, but it is the heartbeat Mm -hmm. of the Gentile world or the known world at that time. And so you've gone all the way from the capital city of a small province in Judea, Jerusalem, uh, to the capital of the world's greatest power at the time, you know, the city of Rome. And, and Paul is chained, but even though he's chained, the gospel is, is not chained. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun to kind of uh, take this last part of the journey. And of course, the response to the gospel is the same as it has always been. Many, you know, the Jewish people are convinced by what Paul has said. Many are not convinced, and there's a, a large division. And Paul said, uh, I'll take the gospel from here to the Gentiles, and they will hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some other things that stick out as you read You read this passage? I think it's always funny how the crowds seem to turn on Paul. You know, I remember what back in, I think, Acts 14, you know, Barnabas and Paul are traveling. They think they're gods. Later, they're getting stoned. Um, by the same crowds here, they think Paul's a murderer because of the snake bite, and then yep. he's fine, and now he's a god. And yep. uh, how quickly things can change! It, yeah. It's probably better in this instance to go from a criminal to being a yeah, god, I like that, than to go from a god to being stoned. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, as they were in the city of. I'll Worcester. take it that way if I got the. Yeah, pick. yeah, but it's, it's probably better not to be identified with being a god in any circumstances, no. whatsoever. But the order here is, you know, just a 
a little bit better. But you, but you're right. They're they're making their decisions based on superstition, and they're being cast, you know, back and forth. So one minute it's one thing, and another minute it's another thing. And of course, that's why Scripture advises us not to be tossed back and forth like waves of the sea, but to be mature and rooted, you know, in our understanding of who God is, not to just make our decisions based on circumstances mm-hmm. and changing circumstances around us. But to their credit, we do see the people of Malta with their unusual kindness when 276 guys wash up on their shores. And so that, uh, mm-hmm. I think we're inconvenienced if like one person shows up our house unannounced. These guys, uh, 200, and they show them kindness, care for their needs, mm-hmm. which is yeah. very cool to see. And, and of course, Things could hardly be worse for the Apostle Paul. Not only has he been, you know, 14 days in a storm, driven by the sea, shipwrecked, you know, the ship's broken up and stuff, and then they get on the shore and it's raining. Yeah, and cold. So it cold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there you are. I mean, it just yeah. feels miserable, doesn't it? So nice to be in this warm studio with a nice warm cup of coffee. I know, gosh. Uh, and it's so funny, um, in that whole section, too, it's um, – I sort of read into this which you're not supposed to do I've never known you to do that um, just knowing who Paul is and his past experience I can almost hear him saying to them when they go from thinking he's a murderer to thinking he's a god I can hear him saying no I'm not a god but I will tell you about the one true god you know it's kind of the whole idea of he's continually sharing absolutely neither a murderer nor a god just a a man like you who has had a dramatic you know encounter with the god who created you know the universe mm-hmm. and uh you see uh you don't hear the gospel here mm-hmm. but you see Three the gospel months, yeah. you see the gospel at work mm-hmm. you see uh, people being restored people you know being yeah. you know renewed uh, and you see the work of the gospel that's been demonstrated in the person of Christ, been demonstrated in you know those who followed him closely, Peter and John, and now you know, demonstrated in a wonderful way on this island that you know the God is, and, and there's something bigger here than just healing. The God of the universe who created us to know Him and love Him is now restoring and renewing all things, mm-hmm. and here is here is a gesture of His power at work you know, in in your life. Mm-hmm. And then after. You know, everything we've recounted over the last few days of this super long journey as he's coming into Rome. I love Mm -hmm. the end of verse 15, you know, as he sees the brothers and sisters at the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. Mm -hmm. And so after all of this, when he sees the brothers and sisters, the church, he's deeply encouraged and thanks God. What a beautiful thing and what a convicting for me at times as well um, not always having that same heart towards oh. the church mm-hmm. but seeing here that Paul after all this he just wanted to be around the people of God people by the way that uh, you know he had never met mm-hmm. yeah uh, he had you know he knew some of them mm-hmm. you know who had moved back and forth you know through you know, Asia Minor uh, but he had from Corinth written a long letter you know that uh, you know, his longest letter that we've come to know as uh the book of Romans with a rich explanation of the gospel. And so they were eager to meet him. I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I'm intrigued by the names of the two places, uh, you know, the uh, Forum of Appius and the Three Taverns. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> how, how, how big does the city have to be before you have three taverns? Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe Paul went to one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But anyway, maybe so. Who knows? Uh, in all of it, but it does sound inviting. You know, it'd be hard to know which of the three taverns that you would, uh, you know, want to go to. But he sees, you know, he sees this outpouring of grace and the people, you know, coming out you know to meet him and to escort him you know back into the city 
And uh, of course, when he's there, he's, you know, there's a continuum of grace. He was able to rent a home. He was, you know, he had a chain. He shows them, mm-hmm. you know, a chain, uh, you know, you know, that they have. And uh, he does have a, a Roman guard, but uh, mm-hmm. he is able, you know, for two years to receive, you know, people. Um, and and uh, many of them, you know, come to him to hear, you know, to hear about the sect that everyone is talking against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool here. He goes, you know, to the Jews first, and then to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. and and even in the hearing of the message from the Jews, as often as the case throughout Acts, and, and even today, that you know they're split into two different groups. There, there's those that mm-hmm. you know respond and, and believe, and others that wouldn't, and, and then began to disagree among themselves. Yes. Now that uh, the gospel does not <laughs> offer any kind of neutrality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a message to be received, believed and received, or uh, not to be believed and, and, you know, to be rejected. And so anything we try to turn it in other than that, you know, is a, you know, just kind of a, you know, a good teaching that we can kind of stack on other good teachings or, you know, just kind of a nice, you know, something that might, you know, work for you. The gospel is, is, is really something that uh, is at the very, you know, center of, who we are and there's nothing more important you know than how we respond to the gospel and this response we know broke you know paul's heart Mm -hmm. because he would later write in you know or or actually had written before this moment you know in the letter of romans which we would receive later and cover later Mm -hmm. i could almost wish myself a curse for my own people that that might come to know Mm -hmm. you know the grace that i've come you know to know in the lord jesus christ and of course you hear the heart of you know what sin does to us. We talked about it, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of days ago. The description, you know, of the gospel that it opens our eyes and mm-hmm. spells, you know, the darkness and brings you know forgiveness of sin and and makes us holy and brings us into a relationship with Him. But the rejection of the gospel also has consequences, and mm-hmm. these are the ones you know that Isaiah describes. The same one, you know, Jesus used these, you know, the very same passage to describe people's response to His ministry. And Isaiah said, go to this people and say, you'll be ever hearing but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and and, and I would heal them. And the the tragedy is the more we reject the gospel, the less we're able to see, the less we're able to hear. And uh, it is a, a tragic response to see those who should have embraced the gospel uh, reject the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have one of those dissatisfying, you know, uh, endings. We we see Paul there. We don't get the rest of the story. Uh, we we know from you know history that he uh, was released, whether he ever got his hearing or not. You know, he may have just been written off the docket. You know the. Uh, the ruler at the time was Nero, uh, who would later violently oppose Christianity and who would later, mm-hmm. you know, take Paul's life mm-hmm. or have Paul executed. Uh, but he's probably released from here, and, and we we don't know the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of years when he may have gone to Spain as his desire to move beyond Rome, you know, mm-hmm. to Spain. Right? We, we have no idea, but this is where Luke leaves him. And also, there's an interesting, you know, little turn, you know, that happens, you know, in verse, you know, 16. You hear, when we got to Rome, that's the last of the we passages. We don't have, you know, the we movement, mm-hmm. you know, in verses 17, you know, through the end. So the story just kind of stalls out there. But 
the good news of the story is that the gospel is unhindered. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. Paul is stalled out, but the gospel itself is unhindered. And what a wonderful grace for us to know mm. and to respond to. Well, there's there's the book of Acts. It's been fun mm-hmm. doing it with you. It's been fun doing it together. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you've called us into relationship with you. And we are intrigued by the way this book began where Luke says, I write to you to inform you of all the things that Jesus began to do and teach and continues to do and teach. And we thank you that you are still through your spirit and through your word working us to bring your gospel to the nations, to open eyes, to dispel darkness, to offer forgiveness of sins, and, and, and to make people right with you. May we be faithful to the gospel's work in our life, and may we be faithful to the proclamation of the gospel in word and deed. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.